Hello, my name is Emily Hines, and I attend Houston City Council meetings and take notes, and then I share them with you. If you prefer reading to listening, I also put them out on my Instagram in slide form. The handle for that is at Embelize. We'll put it in the show notes. And that is a nickname from high school, just in case anyone ever wonders about that. Today's notes are from the council meeting on August 17th, 2022. First up is the mayor's report. Mayor Turner mentioned the Inflation Reduction Act, which includes $369 billion for climate change mitigation. He hopes to see some of that funding allocated to Houston, where we have endured seven federally declared disasters in the last seven years. Seven for seven. That's a pretty devastating record. Houston received a $21 million grant for a telephone road revitalization project and a $21 million grant for Metro to purchase new electric buses and charging equipment. Very good news on both. Mayor Turner congratulated HISD on improved test scores from the Texas Education Agency, specifically naming Wheatley High and Osborne Elementary. He thanked staff, faculty, and especially the students. Back to school events abound. Mayor Turner was especially proud of the free dental and vision screenings and immunizations available at his back-to-school event at the George R. Brown Convention Center last weekend. The health department expanded eligibility criteria for the monkeypox vaccine to include people with HIV and AIDS. You can visit HoustonHealth.org for information. Mayor Turner stressed that most people are not at high risk and transmission is not easy unless you are in close physical contact with an infected person. Councilmember Kamen commented on HGAC's continued decision to grant Houston just 1.9% of the federal Harvey Relief funding they are in charge of distributing, the total of which is $500 million. She thanked Councilmembers Elkhorn and Robinson for their advocacy at HGAC and called the slight unacceptable. Mayor Turner agreed and anticipates what the Federal Department of Housing and Urban Development has to say about that. Next up, I will go over some of the agenda items that got voted on. Agenda item 7 approved $150,000 for a consultant to develop a crime project plan for HPD. The consultant will analyze crime in Houston looking for evidence-based policy and implementation solutions locally and nationally. They will conduct research to provide a clear and concise roadmap for decisions relating to policy and procedures, which is all nonsense talk for they're going to look at some numbers and make a plan for us. Agenda item 9 approved $2.9 million for three contractors to supplement the Solid Waste Department's regularly scheduled bulk waste and heavy trash pickup. Councilmember Kamen pointed out that Solid Waste employees work six 10-hour days per week, which is a lot. Councilmember Huffman hopes to see some routes added in District G. Councilmember Kubosh asked how the city decides where these trucks will go. I think he was trying to evoke that DOJ investigation into the city's handling of 311 calls, although he was not explicit. Mayor Turner reiterated these contractors are supporting regularly scheduled trash pickup. Turner emphasized his commitment to complete communities and pointed out that calls to 311 are the lowest they have been in five years. Many council members use their council district service funds to support trash pickup and plan to install cameras at illegal dumping sites. Agenda items 29 and 30 approved the acceptance of $750,000 and $9.5 million in grant funding from Texas Parks and Wildlife for a new aquatic facility at Tidwell Park. It will include a heated leisure pool with swim lanes and a water slide. 
an enclosure with roll-up doors for open-air environment, weather permitting, an HVAC system for heating and cooling, a building with offices, with restrooms, showers, mechanical rooms, and it will be the first one of its kind operated by Houston Parks and Rec. Sounds pretty amazing to me. Councilmember Jackson thanked State Representative Symphonia Thompson for their efforts to secure this funding. She was very, very happy about this project. Next up, the first drama of the day, an upcoming bond election, which I cleverly subtitled, or do I get to say it's clever? I don't know. Y'all let me know. Okay, here's the subtitle. Why pay for a sandwich today when we can take out loans and pay interest rates on the sandwich tomorrow? The November ballot will include some bond propositions, which means the city is going to ask our permission to take out loans. The proposed total is $468 million, but it's broken up into seven parts. Prop A will be $277 million for public safety, which means cops and fire. Prop B is $50 million for parks. Prop C, $47 million for animal care and bark. Prop D, $33 million for public health. Prop E, $29 million for, quote, general permanent improvements. I'm not really sure what that means. Prop F is $26 million for libraries. And Prop G, $6 million for solid waste. Councilmember Peck proposed three amendments, one of which passed. And it's always exciting when an amendment passes because it means Mayor Turner had to allow something that he didn't put forward himself. The First Amendment asked for $30 million for a new HPD Northwest Division Station. Peck's second proposed amendment asked for $10 million to support the Inwood Forest Detention Project. She reluctantly withdrew both after Mayor Turner promised to secure funding for them before he leaves office. The third amendment asked for $10 million to rehabilitate Agnes Moffitt Park, which is already partially funded by this bond election. The additional $10 million will help pay for a pool rehab, walking trails, parking, and a baseball field. Peck said the park is currently underused and has turned into a quote-unquote crime area. Many council members pushed back on this amendment, asking pointed, clarifying questions. Councilmember Cisneros would not support because some areas of Houston, including swaths in her district, don't have any parks at all. She complained that adding amendments like this felt like freewheeling and are poorly planned. Mayor Turner suggested Peck seek funding from state and federal legislators. Peck argued that she already does that for flood mitigation and seemed pretty irritated at the implication that she doesn't work hard to fundraise for her district. This amendment passed by what seemed like a close vote, but they didn't do a roll call vote, so I can't say who voted for what. With Peck's amendments out of the way, discussion on the bond itself began. Councilmember Gallegos advocated for some of the BARC funding to go towards free spay and neuter programs. He's glad to hear that new heavy trash depositories are in the works. He's been advocating about that for a while. And he asked for a new east side police substation, uh, which I don't think will get funded in this bond election. He was just going off the cuff. Councilmember Kamen did not propose any amendments because she defers to department heads on how they should spend money, but she did advocate for improvements to the West Gray Multi-Service Center, which serves as the hub for disability services, not just in District C, but across all of Houston. Councilmember Kubosh asked what the ballot language was going to be like. He clarified that each proposition will be individually voted on, and he asked how much it costs the city to put this bond on the ballot. Mayor Turner said it's still being calculated, but will be between $1 million and $2 million 
I had no idea it cost that much to put something on the ballot. Kubosh pointedly mentioned that the administration is choosing not to add a charter amendment due to cost, and I assume he is referencing the two proposals put forward by the Firefighters Union, one of which would let a coalition of three council members put items on the agenda rather than just the mayor. But again, Kubosh was not explicit, so I am making an assumption here. This item was granted with Councilmember Huffman voting no. Next up, if you thought the bond election had some back and forth, let me introduce you to agenda item 15. This would have approved an $18.6 million grant to NHP Foundation and Magnificat Permanent Affordable for a new housing development for the homeless on Caroline Street in District D, but it was tagged by council members Evan Shabazz, Thomas, Plummer, Castex Tatum, and Jackson. This project is a collaboration funded by the county, the Texas General Land Office, or the GLO, and potentially the city of Houston. Mayor Turner was immediately on the defense and incredulous that anyone could have any doubts about housing unhoused people, which is an oversimplification at best, in my opinion. Councilmember Plummer referenced Clemmy Manor, a federally funded affordable community that NHP Foundation manages. NHP Foundation is the per, is the one receiving the funding in this item. So I just want to be clear about that. Okay, so NHP manages Clemmy Manor, where residents report rodents and bugs, no air conditioning, sewage backups, regular power outages. Plummer said they're safer living on the streets, and she doesn't want to finance NHP because they don't respect human rights. She advocated for legally binding landlord-tenant agreements enforceable by the city. Mayor Turner said the county held off on their approval of this item until a tenants' rights agreement was in place. He also said that this is a new construction which will allow the city time to add, quote, belts and suspenders. He stressed that the only thing keeping Houston from moving forward on getting people off the streets is actual units available. Councilmember Thomas prefaced her comments by saying that Councilmember Martin asked her to stay quiet on this item, but as chair of the Housing and Community Affairs Committee, she needed to speak up. She said this company has, quote, mastered the process of accessing our public funds, but they have not mastered the process of managing the humans in these units, end quote. She was very firm that this developer should not get this contract and said, quote, I wouldn't put my enemy in those units. As an aside, I'm really glad Thomas mentioned that Martin asked her to stay silent. We all know this is how politics work, but no one ever says it out loud, so it's really nice to have some validation. I'm grateful that Councilmember Thomas spoke on this because A, I respect what she has to say very much, B, we all deserve to hear from the chair of the Housing Committee on Housing Issues, and C, that is how democracy should work. Coalition politics shouldn't mean asking someone to stay silent on something you want to push through, and we all deserve better. Mayor Turner was just so annoyed at all of this. He could not believe some council members wanted to vote down a project the GLO has actually agreed to fund. He said, if we don't approve this item, quote, we will lose those dollars and nothing gets built. Is that what you want? Councilmember Pollard questioned why we're even considering a developer that has such a, ter a terrible record. He suggested we heed the wisdom of the chair of the housing committee, who is Thomas, on housing issues, which is very sensible. Mayor Turner brought out his favorite phrase, quote, if you seek the perfect at the expense of the good, you get nothing and homeless people continue to live on the street. He pointed out that there's new management at Clem Manor and said that initiatives like the new Habitability Strike Force team will help keep NHP in line. 
Councilmember Jackson supports affordable housing, but not this developer. She related her personal years-long experience with NHP in which they never agree to any legally binding agreements and cannot be trusted to stay true to their word. Councilmember Castex Tatum said, quote, we can determine what people will do in the future by what they have done in the past. She was, however, open to allowing NHP to regain our trust. Councilmember Kubash suggested poor conditions at NHP properties can be explained by their age rather than negligence. When Mayor Turner, who was still just so annoyed, told council members they should have talked to him sooner, Councilmember Plummer fired back, quote, I have to disagree. We've been talking about an apartment inspection ordinance for over a year. She said that giving this developer money and then asking them to do the right thing after the fact doesn't make sense. Turner said, quote, you can vote no, and I will respect that, but please don't shoestrap me, end quote. And I'm still confused about exactly what that means. Councilmember Kamen wasn't for or against, but would like to hear from the businesses involved and from the county about why they gave the project the green light. Councilmember Gallegos was on team mayor and suggested a few things to keep the developer on track, like a report every six months and forcing them to allow a task force to inspect current properties and making them agree to oversight from a committee of tenants. Ultimately, this item is on hold until next week. As usual, the mayor treated anyone that disagreed with him like fools and painted the opposition as actively harming homeless people. My two cents, the something is better than nothing mindset is attractive for sure, but it's unnecessary. There is a better way. And finally, agenda item 23, ALPRs, which are cameras that can take a picture of your license plate. Agenda item 23 approved a $6.3 million agreement with Flock Safety for automatic vehicle license plate recognition services. Flock will provide automatic license plate readers, or ALPRs, which are cameras, also software, data storage, installation, and maintenance. Many council members spoke about how happy they are to see this item and mentioned they have been using their district service funds to install ALPRs already. From the support documents, quote, the primary function of the ALPR technology platform is to provide surveillance detection of unauthorized vehicles entering city property and facilities. All data from vehicles observed will be provided to HPD for further assessment in detecting vehicles wanted in suspicious or post-event investigations for law enforcement purposes, end quote. Councilmember Kamen assured us that HPD is using best practices to make sure this technology is not abused. HPD needs a legitimate reason to search cars. Every action taken will be logged. There are redundancies to ensure safety and data is deleted after 30 days. She made sure to point out there is no database being built. Councilmember Peck said that District A plans to purchase 50 additional ALPR cameras and that, quote, people are excited about this and want it in their neighborhoods, end quote. Councilmember Pollard has been bugging the mayor and council about this for a while, so he's glad to finally see it on the agenda. He said there's no way we can have a cop on every corner, but this technology will help. He also had very strong words of warning for criminals, making him sound very tough on crime. He pointed out that Flock software is national, so it could help catch criminals crossing state lines. This item passed unanimously. I skipped the council member pop-off section of this meeting because there was a lot to unpack, and I knew I was going to have to do some deeper reading. So that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much to all of our Patreon supporters. If you are listening to this and want to support and don't already, the Patreon is patreon.com slash emilytakesnotes. And if you're able, we really appreciate it. 
You can find resources for this episode, including where to watch city council meetings and how to find your city council member in the show notes. We're going to include lots of links this time because like I said, I had to do a lot of extra reading. This week's episode was recorded by and has music from Joe Wasney. It was produced by Connor Clifton. And that's it. I'm Emily Hines, and I thank you for listening.